Susan, would you start us this morning yes, uh, with sir. a word of prayer? Yes, sir. Kind Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for being with us all week long, and we are happy to know that your love for us is always there, no matter what situation we face or our family members face. You are always there with us. There is not anyone in the earth like you. We love to eulogize you because you are better than good. And we can count on you. And we give you the praises and the glory. Forgive us for our sins of omission and commission. Father, I'm covering myself, the listeners, our family member, friends, with the blood of Jesus, that we will not get any backlashes from this prayer in Jesus' name. Father, Thank you for continuing to open up our spiritual ear gate, our mind, heart, and spirit to receive your rhema word on this morning. Continue to open doors of favor for this ministry, the Kids to College program, and other programs that the overseer have. And bless the overseer and his family to always be there with a willing hand and a willing mind to help others. And God, we give you the praise with thanksgiving in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Um, Good morning, everyone. This is uh, um, another beautiful week with uh, so much of chilliness starting to come our way. Um, Hope that you're all wearing like a warm clothes this morning. The the thing that amazes me is like a, whatever the season is, whether it is a summer, whether it is a winter, or whether it is like a you know a, a, a spring, it doesn't matter. The Father in heaven is always faithful, and His faithfulness is just like a flows around everywhere in our lives. You know, this morning we were just like together and we were reading Psalm 134. And in that Psalm, you know, the Psalmist is very clear in saying that we are like an open book, right? And he says, God, you, you watched me grow from the conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I would even live one day. So he says, like, even before I just take one step forward, you're there. And here's the part that I really like. It says, like, you know, uh, it says, um, I couldn't even begin to count them any more than I could count the sand of the sea. Oh, let me rise in the morning and live always with you. He's he's saying, I cannot live without you, so let me live with you. So this morning, you know, I just want to open the floor for us to just like talk about what did God do in our life? If he is living with us, he has to be doing something for us. 
And so, um, you know, I'm just going to let the, the saints uh, open up and say, what did God do for you this week? Good morning. This is just uh, Barbara. God bless you, Pastor, and everyone on the line. Um, yes. <laughs> yes, I was able to sneak in this morning. Uh, I just thank and praise God for he's always doing something every day. Like I say, it would take volumes for me to try to go one by one. But one specific thing I wanted to, how God provides for us, um, 11 years, going on almost 12 years ago, um, the little children that I have, their mom passed, and she was in the military in uh, Italy. And um, and just like a week and a half after the children were born. So uh, we had, God had already prepared us for passports and all our things were in order. My nephew, his his papers were in order. And, and so uh, we were all go, able to go over immediately what we thought was going to be two weeks took us four months to get papers. And the government had to change laws. Amen. Italy had to change the law. Um, for us, and I'm not going to all the details, but how God's faithfulness and one family, one couple that were there, stationed there, um, they met us at the gate. God had angels. He has angels all around. He met us, he met us when we got there. And I was wondering where we were going to stay because I, I searched hotels. I looked at hotels. didn't know anything about Italy at all. When he got there, they took us to the base. We had a, a like a, a little studio for us. Um, he was in charge of the, um, what do you call it, the uh, military, the uh, police department there. And I'm telling you, it, it, we were treated like kings and queens. And um, the, the, that it was a sad occasion, but it just showed us how God provides everything that we need. And even when we were trying to get back, I'm uh, not trying to. We thought we were coming back after the second month. I said, okay, God, I'm not going to stop wrestling. You have something in this. I'm just going to be content until you release whatever has to be released. And, and he did in time. And um, But that, that same couple, not knowing they had been stationed in South Carolina before, and when they retired, they were planning to come and move back to South Carolina. And in due time, mm. they did. They're right here. We are friends. Yesterday, I called them. I mean, this week, I called them. I said, let's come over for maybe dinner because the children are here. And he's a pastor. He was assistant pastor of the church the children's mother attended. And he was able to come. He was able to minister to them. They were the first ones that saw them before we saw them. They were able to minister to them. And over the summer, they got baptized, and they accepted Jesus as their Savior. But I want to just reinforce sometimes when I did hear the same thing from me all the time. But he sat down, and God just let in my heart to have communion. So we sat down, and he explained everything over the things that they knew, the things that they may have forgotten. And we just sat, and after we had dinner, we were able to sit at the Lord's table. It was so precious, and I can only say to God be the glory, because he is the one. And they were able to wait for a little while. They're back with us, because I think God, he ordained it to be that way. So, you know, when we come into little snacks and things in our lives, we don't know why it happened, but like I explained to them, and he explained to them as well, when I tried to explain to them their mom not being with them, I said, you know, God had her here for that specific reason to bring you onto the world. And so by doing that, you are here and you're going to carry on. And so he said the same thing. You're going to carry on her legacy. So, again, to God's glory, he's always doing something. Thank you for this time. Amen. Amen. Two things I will quickly say, Miss Barbara. 
he said you were treated like a kings and queens and and the bible says we are the royal um, priesthood you know and yes. uh, the last time that i checked for miss barbara our dad is still the king <laughs> occupying the throne but don't worry <laughs> and you are
uh, baby. And so, you know, hang it there, Miss Anita. God is, uh, you know, more than capable. Uh, and he has done it before and he will do it again in your life. Thank you. I'm looking for that. <laughs> now, and uh, the other Psalm. thing is we missed you. Um, right yeah, yeah, we missed you. Um, um, when we went to Piedmont, and we have to scramble to find the, the next photographer who can do <laughs> the picture. So. Miss Sarah um, sent me the video, so it was really cool to look at everything, and I was missing being there, and I thought about you all on that day, and then um, I was like, oh, who's there? And I see so-and-so and so-and-so. And then yesterday, my days are mixed up. I'm waking up really early because, you know, they're six hours ahead. I um, woke up yesterday, and I was really upset. Oh, my goodness, I missed Pastor Cyril. And then Brittany said, it's Saturday, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad, you know, but I did miss the two Sundays, and I'll have to catch up and listen to the sermons. And um, we're looking forward to – I just – I haven't, you know, gotten the loop of everything just yet, but um, is the 5 and 2 with uh, everything still happening on October 22nd? Because – Looking no, we are, we have moved it over to uh, January 28th. We'll talk more, Anita. It's Anita. Okay, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, no, we I'll tell Steve because he took the day off, but I'll t- tell him to change it. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it and jumping back into everything. So, anyways, it's Man. good to hear everyone's voices, the familiar voices I hear. One day I'll have to meet Miss Lisa. I love her prayers. Yeah. Anyone else? I have one quick praise item, and then I'll turn over to Miss Katina. This week, um, earlier this week, I was asked to go to Wilmington for a day because there is uh, some data issue that they wanted me to look at, and they came on. Tuesday night or Wednesday morning and said, tomorrow we want you there in Wilmington. And, and so I'm scrambling over, um, you know, uh, I had like a di- the whole day I had to work and then, um, you know, get on the plane and go to, um, you know, this hotel uh, in the downtown Wilmington area. Right? And when I walked into that room um, to have some dinner, uh, I was just telling myself, God, I want to be invisible right now. I don't want to talk to anyone. I just want to go very quietly. In fact, I don't mind even closing my eyes and just go straight to a chair so I can sit down. Um, you know, it isn't a, um, uh, a good day at work either. So I go there and I found a seat in the on the bar and I'm sitting there and there's a guy sitting next to me. And I, I just smiled, and he smiled, and that's all I wanted to do. So I, I went very quickly to look at my cell phone, um, right? Um, and then, uh, you know, I got a call from Timothy, and I'm talking to him. And then when I kept the phone down, this guy sitting next to me asked, oh, so you're working for a bank? I said, yes, sir. And so we start to talk, and I'm telling myself, like, uh, you know, end the conversation, land the plane, you know, you're done. Uh, but, it, you know, somehow the conversation continues. Long story short, you know, uh, we land in Proverbs 2 to 6 in that conversation. Come to find out this man has traveled from 
Georgia, not just any part of Georgia. I mean, this is where God comes into play. There's so many places in Georgia that, you know, God has to pick this guy from Columbus, Georgia, right, to come to Doubletree uh, in uh, Wilmington. And this guy is sitting next to me, right, and talking about Proverbs 26. He happens to be uh, a men's group leader from Columbus, Georgia. Why is that important? Because that's where Proverbs 2 to 6 has a base in Georgia. Of all the places in Georgia, we started our base in, in Columbus, Georgia. Right? And the person who's coordinating all this work, um, I said to him, let me do a three-way calling and connect you with uh, Twinkle. That's the name of the lady that we're working with. There. And he said, oh, Twinkle, I know her. She worked, and she and I worked together in pieces. Think about, like, a, how could God do something, like, so amazingly, you know, connecting all these dots together, right? I'm just praising God for how much he already knows about each and every one of us, especially, like, a, you know, if we need something, he's, he is more than you know, capable of handing it over to us. And so um, this guy now wants to be part of like, a, you know, Proverbs 2 to 6 in Columbus, Georgia. His church wants to be part of it. He just now two seconds ago texted me. I haven't even looked at it, but I'm saying that's the God we serve. God knows even before that we can think or ask. With that said, uh, you know, I'm going to turn it over to Ms. Katina this morning. Um, that, that God, you know, she's uh, speaking over all the, the, you know, we started to talk. And uh, I'm going to use this line. So, Ms. Katina, um, you can start. Amen. And well, good morning, everybody. The conference has been muted. And thank you, Pastor Cyril, for sharing your platform on this morning. And um, I consider myself <laughs> not worthy. Um, <laughs> however, God says that, yes, you are. Um, you know, I surrender unto him on this morning, and I give everything back to him on this morning, everything for his purpose, for his edification. I humbly surrender myself unto the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit this morning. And I ask for God to use me mightily as he sees fit as I bow, bow down myself unto him on today. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you, O Lord. Lord, we thank you for this day that you have made, O God. We will rejoice and be glad in it, O God. Lord, we are just so thankful, O God, for this word that you have set forth before us on today, O God, that you have set up before us on today, O God, that we may be able to come and sup and chew and eat on it, O God, that it will give us strength unto our mind, our body, our soul, and our loins on today, O God, for your purpose, for your edification, O God. Lord, I thank you, O God, for your your leader on this morning, O God. I thank you, O God, for continuing to keep him on the path of righteousness. I thank you for this word that you have set first and first and started with him, O God. I am just an instrument 
before you on today, O oh God, ready to be used by you for your purpose, O oh God. I humbly ask you to join us at your work right now, O oh God. Join us in this place right now. You are welcome here, Holy Spirit, to do with this message exactly what you see fit. And I ask right now, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus, that your will be done. Amen. Amen. So thank Amen. you all so much for joining on this morning. And um, over the last weeks, few weeks, we have been studying and meditating on prayer. And we started some weeks back, and, and we kicked off our whole series um, with the prayer of Jabez. And we came from First uh, Chronicles 4, 9 through 10. And in that prayer, Jabez, he was an honorable man before God. And um, his name means, I give birth to you in pain. And when I think about his name, I have to think about, you know, the spiritual journey that we go through um, every day with God. And it's like a giving birth to something. It's like no pain, no gain for, you know, a lack of a better way of putting it. God wants something from us in order for him to give us something. And, you know, I think back to Jabez's name, you know, I give birth to him in pain. God wants to give birth to something as we go through painful experiences in our lives. But it's not to suppress us. It's not to make us sad. It's not to make us feel guilted in any way. It's to be able to give us joy. It's to be able to give us peace. And it's to be able to edify and glorify the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave so freely of himself. So Jabez called out to God in prayer. And he said, if only you would bless me, if only you would extend my border, if only you would let your hands be with me and let your presence forever be in my life. And he finally said, keep me from harm so that I will not cause any pain to others. So then we continue on from the prayer of Jabez in our prayer series. So we then talked about praying for breakthrough in our lives. And from there, you know, we went uh, to Colossians uh, 4, uh, chapter 4, verses 2 through 4, where Paul wrote to the church of Colossae. And he wrote to them because he was trying to counteract them against the teachings of false doctrine that was being bestowed upon the church. So he was trying to point them towards Jesus for their breakthrough. And don't we always need that? We always need to be pointed towards our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as we need breakthrough through over different strongholds in our lives. So Paul encouraged the people to devote themselves in prayer. He said that we should go before the Lord continuously, steadfastly, and persistently towards prayer. That we should always be watchful, that we should be alert, and stay close to God at all times so that we can hear him, so that our heart can feel him, so that we can see him in certain areas of our lives. And that finally, we should be thankful and joyful in all things that we should give thanks unto God and relish in his thanksgiving. And I remember one time in my, you know, in my babe uh, state, I used to only you know, go before God and only want to rejoice in him when things were going good. But, you know, God is a God of, you know, he's, he's two-sided. 
So he doesn't always bring us just the good things. He also brings about, you know, some bad things also in order to bring balance in our lives. So as we are going through these certain situations in our lives, we must remember and be thankful and count it all joy and not just the good things but in the bad things. And so I'm glad that I was able to learn from my mistakes and God was able to prick my heart to show me that I'm God over all things, that I'm not God only when things are going right in your life. I'm also God and I'm also Lord when things are going bad in our lives. So Paul was trying to actually correct the church of Colossae. He was trying to tell them, you know, what they needed to do right as they were walking in wrong. And then after uh, prayer for breakthrough, we went into 2 Chronicles 7.14, continuing on with our prayer. And this, this was praying for healing of our hearts, healing over our family, healing over our community, and healing over our land. And, you know, that scripture is one that a lot of us know, if my people who are called by my name, I won't say the whole thing, but he said, if my people who are called by my name, he said, who is the people? Who are, who are these people that I'm talking about? He's talking about all that are obedient unto him, anyone who will listen to his voice and do what he tells us to do. So he said, if those people who are called by my name would humble themselves, pray, seek the Lord's faith, and turn from their wicked ways, what types of wicked ways is he talking about? He's talking about disobedience. We have to turn from being disobedient. We have to turn from ignoring the voice of the Lord. We have to turn from being self-righteous and having self-gratification. God's not pleased with behavior like that. So he said that if you would humble yourself and if you would pray and if you would seek the Lord's faith and turn from your wicked ways, he said, then I got something for you. I'm going to do something for you. He says, I'm going to hear from heaven, I'm going to forgive you, and then I'm going to heal your land. And this is a repetitive cycle in everything that we do. This is a perpetual motion. We must constantly remember that we have to go before the Lord in prayer, humbly, seeking his faith, turning from our wicked ways, and knowing that if we do that, and if that is our heart position and our heart stance, that God is always going to hear us. He's always going to forgive us. And he's always going to come forward, and he's going to heal our land. He's going to heal our community. He's going to heal our family. He's going to heal us. He's going to heal our situation. And then following our Second Chronicles message on, on prayer, we went into Psalms 126. We must avoid thinking that just because we follow Christ, that, that there is no experience that is free from problems and difficulties. We're not exempt. We're not exempt from any problems. We're not exempt from any difficulties. In fact, the Lord never said that trouble would never come. We must lean on him and we must trust him. And we have to avoid thinking that just because we're Christians that we are holier than thou or higher up than anybody else that we don't have, that we won't experience any of those problematic things that come our way. So what we've learned from this is that when the going gets tough, we must look back what God has done in our past and encourage ourselves in knowing that he will always show up on our behalf in our, in our future, in our present state. He's always going to be there. I know Ty Tribbett had a song, same God back then, same God right now. He is truly the same. So when we start to think that he's not going to show up on our behalf, 
when we start to think that, oh, my God, I don't know why this is going, uh, why this is happening from, to me. I'm a child of God. I shouldn't be having any problems. I shouldn't be having any difficulties. That's not how God operates. Remember, you talked about him being a God of balance. So he's in the good and he's in the bad. He's in the yesterday, he's in the day today, and he's also in the tomorrow. So when we start having those situations that show up, we can be reminded that our God will always show up on our behalf today as he did yesterday. And we should also be reminded that we, when we cry out to him, sometimes we don't even have the words to even express to him, but we can only just go to him in tears. We can be encouraged to know that we can sow in tears with seeds of prayer. We can sow our tears for, in seeds of prayer and knowing that God is going to show up on our behalf. He's going to allow us to bear much fruit. Our prayers for today will bear much fruit for tomorrow. We can trust God and his plan, even when we don't always understand what he's going through. And then last week we started and continued on with our prayer series where we started talking about Joshua, and we started talking about Joshua's prayer. So, you know, I'm just, you know, recapping just a little bit for those that may be new visiting us today. I just wanted just to, you know, let everybody know exactly what we've been studying and how we're getting to the point where we are today. So people always say, you know, I don't know how to pray. Well, we're, we're telling you exactly what the formula is, what the, 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 the blueprint looks like, you know, um, going back from the, the prayer of Jabez, talking back of going, talking to God about our breakthroughs, talking to him about healing our land, and just remembering that he can do the same thing for us today that he did back then. And Joshua remembered that. Joshua remembered that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that he could ask for faith. Joshua asked God to cause the moon and the sun to stand still so that he and his, his army might continue fighting by daylight. So Joshua realized that this situation was much bigger than him. He realized that, okay, you know what? I can't do this by myself. I'm going to need God to show up, and I'm going to need something God-sized, God-sized. So he prayed unto God, and he asked him, he said, God, cause the moon and the sun to stand still so that we can continue to fight by day. And God further assisted Joshua by calling up a powerful storm to bombard the Canaanites with rain and hailstorms. So God, you know, he continued to show up in situations of Joshua because Joshua knew that God was able. He trusted God despite of what the situation looks like. And we must remember that. We must remember that God is bigger than our situation. He's bigger than our circumstances. And he's even bigger than our mistakes. Joshua wasn't void of fault. He wasn't void of sin. He fell short also. He didn't always get it right. He didn't always do it right. But God still saw past that because he saw Joshua's heart. And he knew that he was a heart. He knew that he was a man that would give glory back to him, that would give honor back to him. So God is bigger, in our, bigger than our mistakes and bigger than the battle that is before us. And he's always in that battle with us. He doesn't expect for us to be able to go through these situations by ourselves. 
He doesn't expect for us to go through the battle by ourselves. No, he didn't armor us. He didn't tell us to put on the whole armor of God for nothing. He told us to put on the whole armor of God because he has something for us. He has a plan for us. He's with us in the battle. He's fighting with us in the battle. He's even going before us in the battle. So if I may tie this to scripture, and I'm going to be coming from Joshua, the 10th chapter, and if you just have patience with me, it's a little long this morning, but I promise you, you'll get what thus says the Lord. So we'll be coming from Joshua 10, verses 5 through 15. Then the five kings of the Amorites, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon, joined forces. They moved up with all their troops and took up positions against Gibeon and attacked it. The Gibeonites then sent word to Joshua in the camp of Gilgal. Do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us. Help us. Because all of the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. So how many times have we been going through certain situations in our lives and we feel like everything wrong has joined force against us, that everything that could go wrong, it seems like it's going wrong right now. And we start to doubt and we start to fear. So the Gibeonites, they needed Joshua. They was like, come, come quickly. Don't abandon us. We need you to help us to fight against these Amorite kings because they're coming. So Joshua, verse 7, he marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all of the best fighting men. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. I have given them unto your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. And that's what the Lord is telling us over our situations today. When it seems like everything wrong is trying to come against us, the Lord is saying, don't be afraid. I have given you power in your hand, and they are not going to withstand against you. Verse 9, after an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion. So the Lord showed up on behalf of Joshua and the Israelites, and he confused the enemy. It says the Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites defended them completely at Gibeon. Israel pursued them along the road, going up to Beth, Haran, and cut them down all the way to Azekah and Makkadah. As they fled before Israel on the road down from Beth Haran to Azekah, the Lord hurled large hailstones, hailstones down on them, and more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. So, you know, Joshua and his Israelites, they thought that they were going to battle, and they thought that they were going to be killing these uh, 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 Amorites by the hands of their swords. But the Lord said, no, i got something bigger for you. When I take them down, I'm going to take them all the way down. So he brought forth these hailstones that took them down and killed more of them via way of the storms than it did by the hands of their swords. And on the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, I'm in verse 12, 
Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel. So God, Joshua, this is what I love about him, because he knew God showed him how powerful and mighty he was. And Joshua still gave reverence back to the Lord. So when God shows up in our lives, are we really, really giving reverence back to him as being the mighty God who does all, who knows all, who, do, who, do, who is the God over everything, over our situation? Are we giving that back to him and just with thanksgiving in our mouth saying, God, I know that this was of you. This was not of me. Joshua knew that this was not of him. He knew that the hailstones was not of him. He knew that them killing many more soldiers was not by the sword, but by the hailstorm. He knew that wasn't of him. So he went back towards the Lord in the presence of Israel and the presence of his people that he led. And he said, sun, stand still over Gibeon, and you moon over the valley of Agilon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies, as it is written in the book of Jashar. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. So Joshua returned with all Israel to the camp of Gilgal. So I don't know whether or not you're seeing this, but as I was reading and studying this, I was like, you know what? These people were definitely favored by God. They were favored in the eyes of God. Like, what was it about Joshua? What was it about this place called Gilgal? And what I realized and what I, what I found out was Gilgal was a special place. Like, what is it about us? What is it about the place where we're at right now that God continuously shows up in our situations, continuously shows up in our favor, continuously shows out and fights mightily on our behalf? Why is he doing this? Why Gilgal? Why us? Well, Gilgal was a place of memorial. Gilgal is significant in the Bible because it was a memorial place for the Israelites to remind them of what God had done. God wants to continuously remind us what he has done for us. So God miraculously allowed the Israelites to cross over the River Jordan. So Gilgal was this place of memorial. It was in the place of Gilgal where the 12 stones were taken from the river representing the 12 tribes. And it was to be served as a reminder of the children of Israel, of how powerful God was and how he had dried up the River Jordan on their behalf in order for them to be able to walk through. Has God ever dried up a situation for you? Has he ever come through in a manner that you know it was nothing but him, that it was nothing that you could have done with your own hands? He did it before, and he could do it again. God wants to to show us these certain situations in our lives where he continuously shows up in our lives. He wants us to mark them as a memorial, just like Gilgal. Mark your place. Set spiritual markers, spiritual memory points in your lives where God showed up on your behalf 
and conquered something and did something miraculously that only he could do that you couldn't do with your own hands. This was Gilgal. It was a special place. Mark your special place. Gilgal was also a place of consecration and change. Has God ever showed up and changed anything in your life, ever changed your heart, changed you, changed your situation, changed people around you, changed your viewpoint so that you can now see things differently? Gilgal was also a place of worship. Are you standing in a place of worship? Are you going upright before the Lord? Are you crying out to him? Are you praying consistently without ceasing? Are you being consistent in your prayer life, in your worship life towards God? Are you sacrificing to the Lord? Are you giving up something for the Lord? It was also a place of judgment. It was the place where Samuel rebuked Saul and prophesied of his loss of the kingdom, Gilgal. This was a nice, this was a hot place. It was a place for prophets even. Gilgal was one of the three cities where Samuel regularly held court as the judge of Israel. This is a place where Elijah and Elijah and Elijah sometimes spent time in Gilgal. So this place called Gilgal, it was a royal place. It was a, a special place. It was a secret place that God kept close and near and dear to him. Sounds like you and I. Sounds like the apple of his eye, you and I. Gilgal was significant in that it reminded the Israelites of their heritage. It served as a place of worship, and also it was visited by kings and prophets. We are kings. We are, we are children of the high priest. We are royalty, just like Gilgal was, Gilgal was. We are from the heritage of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, just like the Israelites were. We come before the Lord in a place of worship. God honors this, and he always shows up on our behalf. So no wonder the enemy was trying to take over Gilgal. No wonder the enemy tries to come and take out you and I. No wonder he tries to come and wreak havoc in our lives. He doesn't just come after those who are followers of his. He knows he has them. He don't, he don't really concern about them because he knows that they're going to just always continuously follow after him. He's coming for the people in, like, the people in Gilgal, the people that he knew had a heart for God, the people that were obedient unto God, Gilgal. He's coming for people like us who are obedient but for those that are called by his name, those that are seeking first the kingdom of God and all righteousness. He's coming for those types of people. The people that are significant unto Christ. So then Joshua, he went forth and he defeated the kings of the Amorites. And I'm going to skip down to Joshua 10, verse 20 through 25. And this is where our message is coming from on today. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely, but a few survivors managed to reach their fortified city. The whole army then returned safely to Joshua in the camp of Makeda, and no one uttered a word against the Israelites. Joshua said, open the mouth of the cave and bring those five kings out to me. So they brought the five kings out of the cave, 
the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachesh, and Eglon. When they had brought these kings to Joshua, they summoned all the men of Israel and said to the army commanders who had come with him, come here and put your feet on the neck of these kings. So they came forward and placed their feet on their neck. God wants us to call, you know, dare the enemy. I dare you. I dare you to try to, I dare you to try me. I dare you to try to set fit, set your feet in God's camp. I dare you to try to come and see how my Lord and Savior is going to take you down. I'm going to place my feet on your neck. And that's what we have to do. We got to go before the enemy when we see him trying to wreak havoc and we see him trying to stir up stuff in our lives and in our, in, our, in, in our situations, in the lives of our, our family members, on our job, you know, in our marriages, in our neighborhoods. We got to go and we can be like, you know what? I see you. I see you. I see you, enemy. I see what you're trying to do, but you are not more than a conqueror. My God is bigger than you. My God is more than a conqueror. And I place my feet upon your neck. You are defeated. We got to speak with authority over this situation, over this thing, because he's trying to come and steal, kill, and destroy what is not his. In verse 25, Joshua said to them, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. This is what the Lord will do to all the enemies you are going to fight. So I come this morning encouraging you that we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be discouraged. We can be strong and courageous knowing that the Lord is going to bring down all the enemies. The word didn't say some. The scripture says this is what the Lord will do to all the enemies that you will go to fight. He has victory over all. And we can be excited about that on today. So whatever it was that you brought with you on today, I encourage you in that situation, whatever it is that has been, you've been trying you this week, I encourage you in that situation. I encourage you today telling you, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and be courageous. So what do we know about Joshua? Let's just rewind just a second. We knew that he was from the tribe of Ephraim, which was one of the tribes of Israel. He was the son of Nun. Uh, he was the successor of Moses. He took over uh, as the people of Israel entered the promised land, and under his leadership, they conquered all the principal cities of Canaan. Pretty, pretty, pretty amazing, guys. When God performed, also what we know about Joshua is that when God performed miracles through him, he directed all of his praise and glory back to God. And so we have a lot to learn here from, from Joshua, especially this third one about him, about when God does something in our life, we should be directing all of our praises and our glory back to him. We shouldn't be self-gratifying ourselves. We shouldn't be thinking that it was anything that we did by our own abilities, by our own uh, 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 strength, or by our own hands. We should be giving God the homage that he deserves. We should be giving him the recognition that he deserves. So to bring things home a little bit, we're going to talk about what we can learn from Joshua and his interaction with God during his many battles. 
Joshua fought a lot of battles. We're fighting battles daily, constantly, every day in our lives, have been before, continue to fight today, will continue to fight tomorrow, just like Joshua. But Joshua had a certain way that he moved with God. He had a certain interaction with God during his many battles. So we're going to talk about what we can learn from Joshua. And I have three points today. The first one is that God is bigger than our problems and circumstances, even when we mess up. So Joshua, he wasn't sinless. He still messed up. He didn't do everything right. But God still had a promise over him. He had a promise for his life. He had a promise for his kingdom. And he was going to carry that out regardless. So despite of what it, how big the situation looked like or how big the circumstance looked like, no matter how big the, the army of soldiers was, God was bigger than that. And he showed up. He showed up when the sun stands still and the moon stood still. He showed up in the hailstorm. He stood up when he dried up the River Jordan so that the Israelites could walk through. God is bigger. What is that thing that looks big in your life? What is that thing that looks like it's just not going to move? I don't know why this thing just won't move out the way. Why my finances seem like it just will not clear itself up. Why does it look like I just can't seem to make leeway with this person on my job? Why does it seem like this same problem keeps showing up in my marriage? Why is my children going through the same thing over and over again? God's bigger than this. You're not getting along with your neighbors. God is bigger than this. It seems like everything is messed up in the world. Every time you turn on the TV, it's something bad going on. Somebody else getting killed. The, 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 you know, Capitol Hill is a mess. It just seems like the government is messed up. It's the local police office, the police department. They, guess what? God is bigger. He's bigger than this. He's bigger than these problems. He's bigger than these circumstances. When God takes on an assignment, just like he has an assignment over Joshua's life, when he takes on an assignment on our behalf, there is no stronghold that can handle the magnificence of God. So I encourage you today that even though that thing looks messed up, even though that thing looks humongous, I'm here to tell you that you have an assignment over your life. You have an assignment specific to you, not like your neighbor, not like your spouse, not like your, your children, your assignment is specific to you. And when God sets out on an assignment, there is nothing, no enemy, no situation, no person, no boss, no coworker, nobody can stop you from getting what the Lord has for you to get. To get. They have yet to be able to see or be able to handle the magnificence of God. We can trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not unto our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge him and he will direct our path. We don't have to understand why it looks like, why it feels like what it does. We don't have to understand. All we got to do is trust. Joshua trusted the Lord. He trusted that God was going to come and show up in his situation even when he didn't do right all the time. We can trust him. Trust him. Repent of our sins. Turn from our wicked ways. Humble ourselves. Trust the Lord. Joshua never failed to acknowledge God and all that he did. He may not have done everything right, but his heart was right. His heart stood upright against the Lord. 
and he always glorified God in everything that he did. He gave reverence to God's ultimate power. When God brings you through that situation that you know only he did that, do you give power and reverence unto him? Like I remember when I was in school earlier this year, right before graduation, I was in class with a lot of students, and they were all talking about all these jobs that they had, internships, full-time jobs at design firms and, and architectural firms and, 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 and at these showrooms, and, and they all were just coming in, blocking in, talking about, oh, I got my job, oh, I got my job. You know, and I'm looking back like, oh, my goodness, I don't know whether or not I'm going to ever be able to truly work in this area of interior design. And, you know, I allowed my mouth to speak something, and I knew better. I knew better. I knew that my God was much bigger than that situation. Well, I'll tell you what, the minute that I stopped taking my, the minute that I took my mouth off of it and took my negative words out the equation and I trusted God and I realized that God was bigger than it looked like, bigger than the situation, God blessed me with the job. He blessed me with the job. He showed favor upon me on a job, a job that I didn't even ask for, a job that I didn't even have to interview for. God showed favor, and he granted me a job. And guess what? I had that job three months before I graduated in May. I started working on that job three months before graduation. But God, but God, and I had to give reverence. I praised him because I knew that it wasn't by anything that I did with my own hands. It wasn't like I thought after it. I could fold out the application. I did all of this stuff. It was with God had for me. He said, I'm going to show you how big I am. I'm going to show you what favor looks like. I'm going to show you how when I have an assignment on you, there is nothing or nobody that's going to be able to bring that down. I gave reverence back to God. I said, well, God, you know what? I realized that this was a miracle from you. I realized that this was all of you. Have me to not miss what you want me to do. Have me to not miss my assignment in this place. If he don't do stuff just because, he don't do stuff by happenstance. He does things for a purpose, and that is to glorify his name and make his name known. Joshua gave it back to God. I, I, I encourage you, give it back to God. God shows up in your life, give it back to him. God, okay, you did this for me. What do you want from me? I surrender unto you. I'm here for you. Use me mightily because it's for your purpose. Joshua prayed, and he asked. He said, sun stand still, moon stand still. We can go before God, and we can ask him for the impossible things, for the impossible miracles. We can go before God and ask him to do what only he can do. But it's all to glorify God. He don't just do miracles just for no reason. He does miracles so that he can show a, mar a watching world how big he is, how magnificent he is to show the watching world that I am Lord. I am God all by myself. And we ought to glorify him when he shows up in the impossible, when he shows up in the miracles. The Lord sent confusion on behalf of the Israelites, on behalf of Joshua, upon the enemy. Don't you know that the Lord will confuse the enemy and the enemy don't know whether or not he's coming or going over our situation? As long as we can let the Lord know, I know you are in control. As long as you can let the enemy know, you are not more than a conqueror. You are not stronger than my Lord. 
The enemy will become so confused, he'll have to flee. He'll have to find another victim, another prey. The Lord made a way for the Israelites to pass through. He just continues. He, he wants to make a way for us to pass through, pass through that situation. He wants to bring the powerful storms over our situation. He wants to show us what the miracles really look like today. I think that we may have forgotten all of these things. I don't think that we even believe that he can still perform these miracles today like he did back then. We got to get back to that. We got to realize that he's the same God today as he was yesterday. We can go to him. We can ask him for the impossible. But it's not about the miracles, but it's rather about trusting him wholeheartedly in our impossible situations. God says to you today, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and be courageous. Our second point, God says, I'm with you in battle. You don't have to be afraid. I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you in battle. I'm with you. He didn't say, I'm only just, the, I'm going to, he said, yeah, he says the battle is his. However, he, in this particular context, he says, I'm with you in battle. When we go and we have to do something, God wants us to know exactly what we're showing up with. And we are showing up with him. Joshua said, come here and put your feet on the necks of the kings. So they came forward and they placed their feet upon the enemy. You need to know exactly what you're going in with. You need to know exactly that God is with you in the battle. And you don't have to be afraid. Joshua told the people, he said, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Be strong. We've got to be strong in that situation. We've got to ask the Lord for strength if that's what we need. We have to ask him for us to be courageous if that's what we need. We have to ask for him to remove the fear from us if that's what we need. Only you know which, what it is that you need to go before him with in prayer. Humbly, humble yourself before the Lord. He already knows your heart, so you might as well just confess with your mouth. Joshua commanded them to don't fear. We got to be fearless when we're going before the enemy. Joshua had, a, his fear was unbelief. That was one of the areas where he fell short at one point. He, you know, just had a little bit of unbelief for, for, for a moment, for a spell. How many times do we have a little bit of unbelief? We don't trust God's plan. But he says, for I have a plan that's good for you and not evil to give you a future and a hope. He said, I have the plan, not your plan, his plan. So we can fear not and do not be afraid of his plan. Fear is doubt. And this is counteractive to God's plan. So let's pray this week and let's seek God out and let's ask him, God, you know what? Something's just not right here. Ask him to show you you. He'll show you you. He will show you where you're falling short. He'll show you where you may still have some, some smidgen of that fear somewhere in there, where that doubt in there somewhere. When you're wondering why things aren't moving, because you're going before the Lord in prayer, but your heart is doubtful. Your heart is afraid. Everything got to be aligned. Our posture got to be aligned when we go before him. It's okay for us to feel that way, but let's humbly lay that thing before the feet of the Lord's throne of grace and mercy. 
so God can do something with that thing, so he can increase our fear. I mean, increase our faith, increase our belief, increase our courage. Be not afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and be courageous. My third point is that God wants us to join him at his work. With the assurance of God's promise, Joshua did not sit back to passively watch God work without his participation. He went to great efforts to participate in the work and will of God. He marched forward. He marched forward. He trusted in the Lord. He did not lean on his own understanding. He understood that everything was for God's purpose, for God's redemptive plan. He understood that it was imperative for him to join God in his work and to keep going despite of what the situation looked like. God wants to know that we are ready and willing to fight on his behalf. Are you ready and willing to fight the enemy on behalf of the Lord? Are you ready and willing to fight those doubtful thoughts? Are you ready and willing to fight those vices and those things that you are battling with? Are you ready and willing to fight against the enemy that tries to come and steal, kill, and destroy your family, your friendship circle? Are you ready? What is this thing? How does he want us to join him? How does he want us to join him in his work? He wants us to take one step forward and march on, just like Joshua did. Joshua marched on. Don't stay sulking in your situation. Don't stay giving the, the enemy the, uh, the ability to be victorious in your situation. No, you get up, you go before the Lord's throne of grace and mercy, you cry out to him, you worship with him, you sing to him, you march forward in your situation. You start seeing your situation differently. This took hard work for Joshua. This is hard work on his part. The march from Gogal to Gibeon involved a climb of about 3,300 feet over a distance of about 20 miles. Are you willing to travel the road less traveled for the Lord? Are you willing to go the extra distance? Are you willing to stretch your 3,300 feet and your 20 miles towards the Lord? Are you willing? to join him at his work. He doesn't want you to stand still. You gotta be moving with him. When he moves, you move. When he tells you to do something, you gotta do it. When he's telling you not to do something, don't do it. But if he's having you to, when he is, he has a directive on your life and he's calling you to a place, you gotta move. You gotta follow him. You gotta march forward. He wants us to join him in his work. God wants to see our initiative. That's why he's asking us to join him. He wants to know, if I ask you, if I call you, will you come? Are you willing? Do you want to partner with me? How serious is your relationship with me? He wants to know that we are obedient, that we give reverence unto him. He wants to know that we have perseverance in trials, in iniquities, in tribulations. He wants to know that we are loyal to him, that we can trust him. 
God wants to draw his people into partnership with him to see things through, to get the work done. We're just an instrument. We're not doing it all by ourselves. We're just saying, okay, I'll be your co-worker for the day, God. Use me as you see fit. I'm your co-pilot, but you're the pilot. You're, you're, you're flying this aircraft. You land this. I'm just here with you doing what you called me to do as an instrument for you. I'm going to go before you in prayer. I'm going to go before you in worship. I'm going to call out the names of the people in my community. I'm going to call out the names of the people on my job. I'm going to call out the names of the people in my church. Call out my children's names. I'm joining you at your work. I'm calling out their names. I'm bringing them before you, God. I'm joining you at your work. I'm fellowshipping with you. I'm fellowshipping in small groups. I'm fellowshipping in, 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 air, in personal spaces with people. I'm fellowshipping. Fellowshipping with my family. I'm making room for them. I'm making time for them as we exalt you and keep your name in the midst. Are you being obedient unto what he's telling you to do? Who did he, who did he tell you to call that you haven't called yet? Who did he tell you to send a text to telling them that you love them? Who's he calling you to forgive? He wants you to join him at his work. Sometimes that means sitting still. Sometimes that means that you're in a season of you just don't do nothing and let him just do the work. But you're still doing something. You're being obedient unto the not now. Sit still. I'm God all by myself. I got this. I'm going to bring you out of this. Because sometimes when we put our hands too much in the pot and meddle too much, we can mess up things. We get distracted. We start thinking that it's us and don't give reverence to God. Don't ever think that you don't have anything to give back to the Lord. Sometimes we'd be like, you know, nah, you know, I'm all messed up. You know, I'm sinful. You know, I, I screwed that up. You know, God, God can't use me. Yes, he can. And he wants to use you, and he wants you to join him just like you are. You are worthy to join him right in the place where you're at, as your unique self. God is saying, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Be strong and be courageous. So in my closing, I'm encouraging you today, saints, that the sun still stands on our lives and over our situations, that the moon still stands in our lives and in our situations. And when we go through battles, trials, tribulations, we can be reminded because of people like Joshua, Moses, David, or just somebody in your life, somebody in your circle who you know God showed up like, wow, in this situation. Think back on them. And we will know that he can do the same for us. He will do the same for us. He will show up on our behalf. We can trust the Lord in all our circumstances and fear not the enemy and join the Lord in his work as he leads us towards a victorious battle. He leads us. We don't do the leading. We're just joining him. We're just assisting him. He does the leading. God promised victory over all our enemies against whom we fight. We can rest knowing that the victory was won at the cross. And we now need to live 
in light of that victory. God says, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Be strong and be courageous. I pray that this word brings a blessing upon you, you, and you, and myself on today. God bless you. Pastor Phil. Amen. Thank you, Ms. Katina, for a good message this morning. I pray that uh, everyone enjoyed the word. Um, today I'm switching roles with Ms. Katina uh, to summarize. And uh, I really like how um, Ms. Katina started off today in just like a, taking us back a couple of weeks and talk about like a Jabez and Colossians and Second Chronicles and Psalm 126. The, the thing is, it is very easy for us to forget some of these messages as we travel through. Sometimes these messages don't stick in our minds. We have to keep on saying these things again and again and again. These words we've heard so many times that when we go through a trial, when we go through a trouble, these words will resonate and come to life. But there are moments that we are just like in the middle of a mess, an emotional mess or a a physical mess, or, uh, or we are in the middle of something that we are, not able to come out of, and God will remind us how Jabez prayed. Uh, And he will remind us about the things that was going on in Solomon's head. Solomon built his temple, and uh, everything that he's supposed to do, he's already done, but he wasn't able to sleep in the night. And so one night he comes out to the temple and then he he was talking to God because God was waiting there for him to come to the temple so he can speak to. Last, I mean, the previous chapter of Second Chronicles is talking about like, a, you know, how Solomon asked all kinds of questions, right? But God was waiting for Solomon to finish all his, like, grand celebration, right? He didn't find God in that grand celebration. He didn't find God with all those oxen, sheep, and, uh, you know, the cows that he just, like, uh, you know, sacrificed. God says, I am not. You know, I'm I, I'm glad that you're, you're just bringing those sacrifices to me. But, you, you know, what he's looking for is a contrite heart. What he's looking for is the humble heart. When we get to that humble heart space, God is just like ready to speak back to us. And that's when he's speaking to Solomon in Second Chronicles 7, 14, if my people were called by my name, humble themselves, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their life. I mean, 
the thing is, like what Miss Katina did today, it's just like a going back and reminding of those things. Then she just like uh, went into how the problems don't come in single piece or a single line. It's not like a, a serial um, of like a one after the other. No, it all comes at the same time. The same time when we get the bills, we get like a bad call from an employer from, uh, you know, a worst situation at home. But God is more than capable of handling. The first one, you know, as, as she talked about the, what we learned from Joshua, um, you know, she talked about how Joshua trusted the, the Lord. Joshua gave it back to God. And Joshua fought through the unbelief of all these things. When you think about, like, the stories in the Word, right, not all of these men and women in the Bible had their act together. They had shortfalls as well. But God used them in the right place. Sometimes we are not on the right side of the wrong. But God still uses us to bring forth his glory and his honor. So she talked about three points. And one, God is bigger than our mistakes. Number two, she talked about he is with us in the battle. And third, God wants to join us. Wants us to join his work. God wants to know if we are ready and willing to fight. Don't give the enemy a chance. You talked about like a how those five kings were brought out and the, 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 the leaders were just able to just like kill those guys because it is no good to leave the enemy half done. If, if you want to quit certain habits, don't leave room for you to get back to it. If you don't want to eat certain food, you don't want to watch certain shows on TV, you don't, don't give, like, don't entertain small things and, and not put a full end to that thing that you want to get out of. I heard this quote by somebody saying that it is easy to say a big no the first time than to say a small no the second time. It's easy to say, no, I'm not going to do it. And uh, this morning, uh, one of the questions that uh, that Ms. Katina asked is, are you loyal to the king? If I call you, will you come? When he moves, will you move? Because God is expecting us to be loyal to him. As, as she just talked about like several times, um, I was just listening to nine times that she used the word, be strong and courageous in the whole message. Right? And the thing is this, God is strengthening someone's heart on this line to be strong. 
and be courageous. Don't let that enemy bully over you. He's not, he's not the one who's going to have the final answer. The king who occupies the throne room has already won the battle. He's got the keys to the gates of hell, and it is locked, and it is stored for only one person. It's going to stay there for eternity in that bottomless pit. You and I have a good place to go to. You and I have an eternal life waiting for us. As we go into the communion this morning, I just pray that we will look at our life in another view, that we will just seek 